Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Four Seasons in a Funeral, the show where we go back and watch shows that had four good seasons and a fifth season about on par with this uh, this descriptor that I'm supposed to be using. Today, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 1 of Fringe, A New Day in the Old Town. My name is Nick, and joining me today are Charlie and David. Hi, I'm Charlie. Hi, I'm David. And I feel attacked for the template that I started, years and, <laughs> like not years and years ago, but like months and months ago. You guys need to branch out on your intros is what needs to happen. Well, yeah, no. We're I'm, not I, doing off-the-cuff bullshit intros like you do, David. Why not? I'm, my, yeah. Hey, my last intro was not off-the-cuff. I had that prepared for a while. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm going to stick to most of it. I just need to figure out, like, season two, we gotta have, like, I gotta have a new, uh, like, placeholder, like, descriptor that's gonna go there. Um, because insulting David... I was going to run out of things where they were not going to get beeped out, which is what we discussed briefly right before this. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. You were going way too personal. <laughs> I went way too personal and just a little bit too hard, and that was not a good idea. Uh, not even hard on me, just hard on people I know. Yeah, hard on people that you know that, like, there's no reason to, to throw shade there's on them no on re- this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, welcome to season two, everyone. We made it. We, we actually... We made it. <laughs> I'm shocked. Yeah, I was I was very sure that we were going to, it, this was going to die. Even if we just made it to the end of season one, this was just going to die. Um, like It was going to be like, cool, yeah. I'm, I'm clowning with us. Let's take a break and we'll never come back to it. Uh, I thought we were going to make it this... to like episode 10 of season one and then be like, yeah. guys, let's stop this. But we've been having fun. So, yeah. Can you believe the stupid idea that we came up with over all you can eat sushi? <laughs> however however i can give you the exact date of the inception of this idea because i have a note with the intro to what this eventually became because i have a rough sketch of what the uh oh um, right oh yeah my... oh no this was edited december 31st 2019 yeah because we had this we did this on new year's eve before everyone else showed yeah. up and then that new year's oh, eve right because we went up Oh, yeah, because we went out for sushi that day. <laughs> we oh, went out yep. for sushi oh. earlier. Yeah. And oh, then we I'm had... having flashbacks now. And then, and then that New Year's Eve happened. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, I don't remember much of it. Listen, I made, sure that, I made sure that everyone got home safely. Um, yes, and we appreciate you so much for doing that. <laughs> despite the fact that I drove certain people home and then came back for you guys. And you guys, Charlie gave me the finger because I honked at him <laughs> while I was outside being like, yo, guys, get in the car. <laughs> Because I'm drunk crossing the street trying to get to my Uber and this random car is honking at me. I'm like, what the hell do you want, asshole? And then I flip him off and I go, oh, wait, it's Nick. Cancel Uber. Let's get him. Uh, I was already gone at that point. I have yes, no memory were. of that. I remember arriving at the party. I remember saying hi to the hostess and like saying hi to some people. And then that's as much as I remember. So what you're saying is you don't remember Canaba Day. No, nope. And I don't remember new. I don't remember the actual New Year's. So uh, yeah. to be fair, the actual New Year's was super lame, and that like no one actually noticed that it happened. Um, I, everyone I still was have... so fucking far gone at that point. Yeah, I still have that wonderful Polaroid picture of you, David, from that night in my kitchen. That oh no! Makes it look like we're celebrating New Year's like 1993. <laughs> that was. I look so chunky in that photo as well <laughs> yeah that it was a photo such a bad angle <laughs> it looks so large it's a bad Ooh. photo 
Well, that was that uh, was by far the most. I think that was I think the most interesting uh, New Year's that I've had. Um, <laughs> really, that was. I've had a lot of super chill New Year's. Um, <laughs> then there was yeah, that one. one. That I one remember, was anything but chill. I remember one New Year's, I was w- went out with an ex-partner, and we went to like a farm party like, that their friend was throwing back in their hometown. And it was... I, again, got blackout drunk, so I don't remember much of it, but it was about as crazy as that New Year's. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. <sighs> other, other than <laughs> a, a blackout New Year's in 2019... What have you guys been up to recently? <laughs> uh, um, I celebrated my birthday, so Yay. that's that was great. Hey, twenty four. Yeah, mid twenties. No longer can listen to what's my age again. Yeah, uh, it's officially. <laughs> yeah, it's officially over. <laughs> we went to my sister's place and we celebrated a little. Got to see my niece and we. Uh, my brother in law made fried chicken, which was delicious, and we had a sushi platter. So I saw was... the sushi platter on your sister's Instagram story, and it looked amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Didn't you see probably you saw on the your sister's Instagram too. story, though. No, why would I be on there? Was that, <laughs> David, was that Saturday night? Saturday. <laughs> that was Saturday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, really yeah. funny, because my partner and I, uh, we did, like, we made our own sushi that night. Uh, oh. Which was, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird, because on, like, Friday or Thursday, my partner and I went out and got sushi. I... <laughs> It's almost like we're all really missing sushi and like oh man, I really miss all you can eat. Uh, One day, we're aren't we in phase three now? Can we do stuff like that? Listen, if you can find one that's open, open. if you can find one that's open, David, um, I will drive to it with you within like a three hour radius. Um, (laughs) Wow, that's quite a bit of a radius. Yeah, Um, I'm just I'm just letting you know. Uh, (laughs) I still honestly, I still wouldn't risk it at this point though. That's fair. Yeah, what have Um, you guys been up to? Um, about the same, you know, doing my job, which mm-hmm. I'm working on a real project now, which is hey. nice. Very and exciting. Then, yeah. UI design. So much nice. fun. I already hate CSS. <laughs> uh, I last night went out to the drive-in movie theater, uh, in Guelph, um, with my partner, which was a really good time and learned that, um, what was really great was between the first and second movies, they have like all these like little like ads that were happening. And one of them was a reminder of, hey, uh, don't fuck in the car. Um, <laughs> said not that explicitly, um, but was basically like, hey, public displays of affection um, won't be tolerated. And then right below that, enough said, question mark. It was like, ah. <laughs> They've obviously had enough problems that they needed to make it said. That's amazing. It was, it was so great. Uh, I also like that we've just given up on... Um, not mentioning what city you guys are from listen literally last episode we're like hey yeah i know but it's just it's just entertaining (laughs) it's fine like there's there's enough nicks in guelph (laughs) if they really want to find me they can find me at this point like it's don't say that good now it's a challenge (laughs) don't say that fine david you can bleep that out then absolutely not well we have not removed anything from this podcast totally Mm. nothing has been removed (laughs) nothing has been removed nothing will ever be removed this is all raw nothing has ever been edited david does no editing it's all craig of course thank you craigery Uh... (laughs) all right tv guide time (laughs) 
<laughs> all right. Thought this uh, was going to be a quick episode because we all just watched it together, but nope. <laughs> nope. Not allowed. Um, all right. TV guide for this episode. The Fringe Division comes under congressional scrutiny in the second season premiere, which also follows Olivia's incredible return to her familiar environs and the pursuit of a mysterious entity that will stop at nothing to find her. What the fuck is that TV guide? What the fuck is environs? It uses some interesting language. Uh, Like, they're trying their best to keep things like, ooh, mysterious, but also... Like, I, like, you see this and you're like, oh man, this is some real fucking boring, like, oh, British man, TV show. Olivia's, <laughs> Olivia's gonna get haunted. Yeah. The ghost like, episode I read is the boring, TV, uh, fringe TV. I, like, read the, I read the TV guide and went, I don't remember this episode then. What's the mysterious entity? I don't understand this. <laughs> it wasn't really mysterious because it opened with showing exactly what their power yeah. set was and what they were here to do. Yep. <laughs> we knew exactly who they were. Hey, David, how'd you how'd you find that? By the way. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, oh well, we can, let's let's we'll get yeah, into let's it. Let's start with the episode. Yep. Um. So we don't pick up where we left off in Fringe. Because we left off last season with Olivia standing in the World Trade Center in the parallel universe. We instead open up on a car crash, which is totally unrelated to anything we saw in the last episode. I Literally fucking called it. <laughs> fucking called it. David, you're, you're lying. You never said anything about this. So David, David kind of shared his screen and we all watched this episode together. Mainly because um, David forgot to watch the episode in time for our normal recording time. And then Nick and I went, hey, just stream it for us. Uh, we want to hear your reaction because there's about three or four things in this episode that we really wanted to hear David's reaction to, which was uh, great. <laughs> the, the opening scene and the car crash and stuff the entire time. If you go back and listen to the uh, David's thoughts on season two, um, he was like, oh, Olivia's dead in the car crash. And then we open up the car crash and David's like, I fucking knew it. I knew it the whole time. Uh, yeah. So David, David's like, I fucking called it. <laughs> I did call it, to be fair. (laughs) I would like that to be known. You did. Um, Yeah, dude gets into a car crash, and he's kind of like, everyone's like, what the fuck just happened? He's bleeding from his head. And he runs runs down into an alleyway and then into this apartment building. And he breaks into this guy's apartment building and um, takes him down and, like, kills him. They cut. There's no, like, 10 out of 10 neck snap. No, um, but he, no, it's just, he kills it's just regular murder. Yeah, he kills the guy, puts him out on the floor, and then starts like puts the palms of his hands just underneath like his oh, cheekbones. Why are you describing it in such detail? And pushes, and like there's this wet crunch sound, and the bones are pushed in, and then he bashes on the top of his skull, and he kind of looks like um, I don't want to say elephant man. Because that's not quite right. He looks like He's, um oh, the guy sir. from the Goonies. Yeah, not Sloth. Uh, it kind of looked like Sloth to me. There's also some yeah. Star Trek races that he kind of looks like. To be fair, I was I was trying to not look at it directly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super body horror. But oh, in like great. the weirdest way, because it's like he does it to himself, and he's in obvious pain while he's doing this. Yeah, that exact that is my exact no like no go like self harm stuff. I can't watch that. That is my exact. <laughs> I can't. But it gets better because he takes this device out with three prongs on it and shoves it through the dead guy's mouth, 
and then through the top of his own mouth. And there is just that sound design. Whoever did the sound design for this is awesome because it's the perfect like wet squelching sound that you would expect. I think my exact note for that moment is no why squish face question mark question mark question mark why question mark. Um, it is I a have, very good. Uh... I had he turns a car crash into a homicide, <laughs> and then uh, squishy skull plus spikes into mouth equals nope. I I just really like the idea of it's like oh cool look he's he's got like a wall outlet thing oh nope that's not <laughs> yeah. where wall outlets go no 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 <laughs> nope nope why are you do oh no oh no <laughs> I do like um, also he's, uh, if he's we, got a ground <laughs> if we jump back <laughs> if we just jump back a little moment as well for the very beginning of the episode because it starts just in media res like we're on the guy in the car accident and he's blood all down his face and just there's this huge lens flare that pops up as well. Oh yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, there we go, fringe, fringe, starting strong in media res and lens flares already. There's also, there's also one of two X Files references that I caught in this episode, as mm-hmm. they like pan across the room, the TV's on and it's showing an episode of X Files. Oh yeah, I thought that nice. they uh, they stick on that for like a half second or something. Yeah, it's just like a very slow pan over, and I'm like, that's that's uh, that's Fox. that's that's x-files and then it it comes up again i'll mention it when it comes up again um but yeah and then he flips the switch and then his skin starts like bubbling (laughs) oh it's and then he turns he turns into the dead dude and you're like shit they're shapeshifters you're like ah fuck ah no (laughs) why would you do this also, David, um, in any future uh, D&D campaigns, this is how I expect changelings to work. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, if you're cool with it, my character could change to be that immediately. Absolutely not. I will kill your character if you describe <laughs> shapeshifting to be like that. <laughs> A rock will fall from the heavens and kill them. <laughs> even, even God is upset with how the shapeshifters work. Um, and then we cut back to the accident scene and hey there's royalty on fringe hey (laughs) Uh. as as megan markle is um this new character junior agent amy jessup who she's an fbi agent she's i guess the agent in charge at this crime scene she's like whose car was it and the guy without saying anything which is weird just hands her a sheet of paper and she opens it up and, oh, it's Olivia Dunham's car. And David went, ha, she's dead. It was immediately like, ha, they killed her. I knew, I knew it. I That is what I said. I fucking knew it. There were so many times where David's like, but alternate, but she couldn't have died here. What? I don't understand. My brain hurts. I was trying to figure out the episode plot just as it was going. <laughs> and I didn't have enough information. So my brain was hurting. <laughs> And that's our that's our cold open, which is a really solid cold open to yep. start off a season. Let's do some body horror. Let's introduce a shapeshifter to fuck with you for all characters of all time anywhere. <laughs> um, and then show you that Olivia was in a car crash. Yeah. Uh, but don't worry. Um, it's fine. She, she's not in the car at that point. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Start there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's Olivia. It's her car was in the crash, but Olivia's not there. Exactly. She's fine. Nothing bad happened. 
Well, I mean, we we <laughs> know that she went to see William Bell, and uh, from her point of view, the crash never happened. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Oh, alternate dimensions, so great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we come back from the cold open to yeah. Peter and Walter arriving to the scene. Essentially, no, well, no wait, we have a little not. scene where they're in the grocery store first, right? Yes. So yeah, and cold I, open. So so Charlie, you you jumped the gun a little bit on the cold open there. Uh, uh, because we get the yep, we get the grocery store scene. Oh um, shit! Sorry. Yes. Oh, cold opens later then. Yeah. Okay. Cold yes, opens yes, later. Yes, yes. You, you did jump the gun on that one. Uh, but yeah, so we uh, we show up. Uh, we now get our first scene of Peter and Walter in the new season, um, and they're out doing something that they've never done before: grocery shopping. Uh, yeah, and it's really weird that they all have new haircuts, even though it's like the same day as the last episode. <laughs> uh, don't worry, that's they all just decided to go to the barber on the same day because they knew that a, a weird virus <laughs> was going to happen and that they needed to get their haircut now or they weren't going to be able to do it later. Uh, <laughs> or their hair starts to grow out and realize, hey, these curls don't look so bad and they'll keep it until New Year's. <laughs> Listen, Peter knew that that wasn't going to happen with him. Uh, Oh man, besides the point though, I was wearing uh, just a hat yesterday when I went to go uh, hang out with my sister or on Saturday, and I looked so much like Keanu Reeves from Bill and Ted. It's, it was crazy with my, <laughs> with my hair this long. Yeah, no, uh, when, when my partner recently saw you to deliver your birthday present from us, um, she was like, his hair is so fucking long. It's incredibly long. Oh man, I'm I'm excited to at some point see it in person. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, sorry. They're yeah. in the grocery store and Walter's shopping for stuff, and he was like, "Oh, I was the sous chef before I was chair of biochemistry. I was sous chef at this institute. Oh, well, actually, I worked under this guy." And Peter's like, "Am I supposed to know who that guy is?" And Walter, with all the indignation in the world, is like, "He invented the ho ho." <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of several good Walter one-liners in this episode. Oh, there's some good ones. Um, Walter always has great one-liners. Walter also being the confused absent dad is like, no, your favorite your favorite dish as a child was custard. And Peter's like, but no, I, I, I didn't. I've never liked it. Walter's like, no, it was. You must have forgotten. You must have forgotten. Of course, forgotten. it was alternate dimension Peter who loved custard. <laughs> well actually no it was this dimension peter who loves custard because our peter's alternate dimension that walter stole ah. that's what's going on that's what david believes i'm excited that to is, see if david is correct. that is david's call more yes. called shots so far i've been correct yep david has been making calls and so far some of them have been correct uh yes. <laughs> um but peter finally <laughs> Peter gets the uh, the important phone call that he always does, but this time it's not from Olivia, um, which is kind of strange. Uh, yeah, and Walter but, even mentions how he wants Olivia there for Peter's birthday because he quote wants to see the look on her face when she eats his pudding. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, to be fair, Peter also gives him a look like, "What the fuck, dude?" He also says, "Gross." <laughs> yeah, he's like, mm, "Didn't need that imagery." Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, Peter and Walter then make their way to the crash, um, and the scene, and they're looking at Olivia's SUV and they're like, huh, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's no one here. So I guess Olivia just, you know, did a hit and run. Cause that makes sense. That's what Olivia yeah. would always do. Um, <laughs> Peter's, Peter's talking to the agent and she's like, I don't know who the fuck you is. I don't know who your dad is. If you're a consultant, <laughs> what do you do? And Peter is just increasingly frustrated. He's like, you don't have clearance level. 
it's that this is way above your pay grade kid scene. Yeah. And in the meantime, Walter's just like fucking around in the SUV. Which, important to note, Walter's fucking around in the SUV, but also the SUV's doing some spooky things. Uh, yeah, well, the, SU- the well, SUV's like, like fucking back. Yeah. Well, they're also like, this. the doors are still locked, the airbag's been deployed, the seatbelts are still buckled, but <laughs> there's no driver. It's a very so like, We don't know where Olivia happening. is. Uh, but yeah, no, we, uh, you know, Peter's, Peter's talked about this. Walter's then talking about the SUVs, um, which is, uh, or Walter's then in the SUV and it starts to change um, radio stations randomly. Um, pause, no. pause between change and radio stations. <laughs> <laughs> the car begins to change radio, radio stations. stations. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nothing weird about that. Everything's fine. Um, but you know, Walter, knowing that things are kind of weird sometimes, uh, is like, all right, time to get out of this car, uh, <laughs> and leaves. Um, and then we get a great scene of Olivia randomly flying through the windshield of the car. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty amazing how she just flies out of it. She just Kool-Aid mans the car. It's great. <laughs> I did call this. Yeah. <laughs> I I did call this Chekhov's car crash. Yeah, and it's she just kind of everyone's like standing back, like what the fuck is this car doing? Because like the car alarm's going off and everything, and then she bursts through the windshield, rolls on the road for like four feet, and then comes to a a dead stop. And, and I believe then this we is cold open. cold open. Yes. Which again, yep. also still a very good cold open. It's very good. Because you're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> it is a very confusing... Uh... Uh, I, I am confusion. It is exceedingly dramatic. We'll say. <laughs> it's a bit extra, uh, Akiva Goldsman. Yep, because this episode also written and directed by Akiva Goldsman. Uh, yeah, so cold open. Uh, we come back and it's uh, Peter and Walter waiting in the hospital and Walter's like trying to feed a vending machine a dollar bill he's all very nervous and the doctor comes out and um you you expect this to be like she like she's battered and bruised but she'll be okay like you expect that kind of scene and the doctor's like nah she's a vegetable she's very dead yeah he's she's like, basically she, brain dead it's like we we couldn't receive any higher brain function from her like i'm sorry and you're like oh well what the fuck and I think my initial viewing when I like first saw this episode, I was like, "Oh, Anna Torv has gone. They're bringing in Meghan Markle because it's Which, really set up like it's so yeah. set up like that. Like you see you it and you're like, Damn. That. yeah, I guess Which, I guess we lost Olivia. Yeah, which did lead me to act, ask, like, did." They have a contract dispute with Anna Torv, or is this just really good writing? I couldn't find mm-hmm. anywhere where they said that they had a contract dispute um, with yeah. Anna Torv. Um, I just think or, it'd be crazy to just. That's well, such a there, there'd be, move. There's, well, there'd also be so much. There's so much fucking setup from season one about like Anna Torv's backstory, backstory that we haven't actually discussed yet. Um, yeah, and which is we haven't why actually it would be into. insane. Yeah. Like, Olivia is it, so central to Fringe and to the plot of Fringe so far. Yeah. And you can't the, just bring in someone else and say, by the way, they were also part of these trials and they've also been treated with Cortexafan and they also happen to become an FBI agent and it's fine. Uh, yeah. 
but the the show plays it straight up like hey no olivia's brain dead yep bye-bye um and peter is just um joshua jackson does a really good job in this episode just looking tired yes yeah jackson gets to pull out his acting chops here essentially yeah it's he's he's tired and there's so many people trying to tell him what he can and can't do who don't know anything like jessup at the beginning is like hey you're not allowed to be here you can't do anything and he's like you don't know what the fuck i do on a daily basis so don't try to tell me and the doctor's like i'm sorry like she's brain dead and walter especially he's like life and death are relative terms she's not dead she's not dead and Mm -hmm. the doctor's like you can't go back there and he's like just fuck off yes like you don't know us you don't know what we do just fuck off Peter's basically been like, all right, I've done enough of this work for, I've done enough of the work for the FBI here with Fringe Division. Like, I, I deserve at least some respect and I need a break. Yeah. Um, and is very much not getting a break here. Uh. Yeah. And no one is getting a break because uh, we then find out that Peter's at a bar drowning his sorrows and Broyles comes up and apparently Congress is shutting Fringe Division down. Yep. Yep. And all of a sudden, I'm like, huh, why wasn't this, you know, the last episode of season one? And this is the, like, well, maybe we get a season two. Maybe we don't. Uh, oh, did we miss uh, Broyles telling uh, uh, the Jessa? Oh, Jessica yes, sorry, we yes. did. Oh, oh, that big dicking scene was great. Because yes. that was a great yes, scene that we should reference. Because <laughs> it's just essentially Broyles meeting... Um, Megan Markle. Uh, I forget what her character name is. Wow, are you Agent calling her by her first name? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, the Duchess of Sussex. I think uh, is she still because they they took up their they technically are no longer part of the royalty of the royal family. I don't know. Anyways, I don't know what's going on on that side of things. Don't worry about it. The, the girl from Suits. Um, <laughs> that is, is what she's uh, known for is uh sort of is meeting with Broyles and Broyles kind of shows up and just like here's a case report saying that Agent Dunham was in a random car accident and nothing special happened and she's kind of <laughs> like but but that didn't he's like the sign it that's direct order <laughs> oh the, the big digging uh Broyles scene is so good of him like just, that's like the first time that we sort of get Broyles pulling rank uh <laughs> In a while, like it hasn't really, really happened where Broyles has used his rank to actually get something across. Uh, at least that we've seen on camera. This but, this entire episode is Broyles pulling rank. Yes, <laughs> like every scene he's in, it's wonderful. It's, and it, yeah. it's it's really well written because it's like if you're not a part of Fringe Division and you stumble across it, this is what would happen: is Broyles shows up in the night and tells you to sign something and then never talk about it again because you fully believe he'll kill you. Yep. He, yep. he does look like the hitman. He just happens to be the one in charge. Burles think... is very intimidating looking. Oh, yeah. Just in general. It's great. Uh, uh, but yeah, then we make our way to the bar um, where Peter and Broyles have their, have their nice little conversation. Um, and we learn that no, Broyles does in fact drink. Um, yeah. <laughs> Peter's like, I don't, I, I assume you don't drink. And Broyles like, give me a double. <laughs> Motherfucker! Just, <laughs> just to be dick on Peter and rank everyone. <laughs> Bros is like, in fact, I do drink. In fact, I can drink more than you. And then we get the news that Fox is canceling Fringe after one episode of season one. 
Yep, or season two, <laughs> because Fringe Division is being shut down by Congress exactly. because of it's like, oh, what's the line? Um, unusable results. Yes, which fair they have gotten results, but also, hmm, what really results? Have... I don't want the rest of you. Don't want the rest of the world to know. Yeah, but also, if you're a congressman or a senator and you're fully read in on this stuff, like you know. You read. You get to read all the reports. If you read in the last one, hi, some terrorists tried to breach dimensions to go meet with this guy, and the breaching of dimensions has been the cause of all this weird shit. You would want to keep funding those people, or you go, man, they're really trying their best to siphon money out of us, um, and you go, they're <laughs> crazy. Like who? Who is going to? I could sort of believe the rest of these reports because we had some evidence to back them up, but this one. Yeah, I could see some of them going like, I don't believe what they're saying. They're just trying to steal money from the government. Like, you, you hear that and you're like, hmm, all right, cool. So now they're talking about alternate universes. Mm, I don't think that's true. <laughs> Fair. Uh, uh, but and, yeah, and then they toast to Olivia because just like her, their careers are dead. <laughs> oh. On life support, excuse you. So, uh, yes, just like her, the careers are on life support. Oh, oh no. <laughs> um, we then learned that um, Broyles didn't quite big dick um, Agent Jessup enough there, uh, and she's continuing to investigate the the fringe division. Yeah, um, and has gotten a suspicion. Like she's able to actually get in and see the files, which interesting i don't know uh, how she got access to those I don't files know how she did either the, the, she just has go, a password i'm gonna go back and look at the scene where Broyles gives her the case report because does he give her that post-it oh maybe, maybe. that probably explains it that would see. that would make some sense um i i i wonder if he gives her the post-it so that he's like this is your this is your test of initiation like you've seen some weird shit are you willing to let it slide and forget about it? Or do you have the initiative and the drive to look into this more? Because that's the kind of people we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is I I can't see him like in the scene. There's no, here's a post-it note with a password on it. But that's my assumption anyway. That's my headcanon is Broyles gives her the password just to see if she will actually go look. Fair. Uh... But yeah, um, we then get our scene of uh, Peter coming back to the hospital uh, to go see Olivia and runs into <sighs> runs into Olivia's uh, sister. And they have their sweet little scene. And David, what were you saying the entire time that this was happening? <laughs> um, that they were going to fuck. <laughs> David As always. Sh- David was sure that they were going to fuck. It's uh, like, you know, you're sad and you have a grief sex. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Hey, I'm sorry, your sister, one of my best friends, is currently brain dead. Want to go get a quickie in the hospital closet? Listen, those things could happen. I don't know. Happens oh. in Game of Thrones. This isn't Game oh. of Thrones. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Fringe is uh, changing its mind for season two. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the episodes before. 
Uh, that's fair. You, you can make these calls, and we'll <laughs> uh, basically we just have to like. Uh, there's, I do definitely want to like ticker things, like have like a little ticker of like how many calls David gets correct and how many he doesn't. Um, hey, uh, uh, I wrote down his predictions in our bonus episode, so I can okay. have a running kind of tally on hey, how well um, he does. Hey fans, uh, if you go through season one and listen through all of my predictions and compile a list, I'll love you guys forever. <laughs> That's so much content. No one's going to do it. <laughs> so much content. <laughs> none, none of our eight listeners are going to do it. But also, shout outs to you, eight listeners. Thank you. <laughs> Unless it's really four people listening to the episodes multiple times. Shout outs to you, four people listening to the episodes twice. Uh <laughs> Except, except for one of you listeners, in which case, if you are listening to this episode, I would love another package of goldfish. <laughs> when are they going to listen to this episode? I don't know. I'll know when I get goldfish in the mail. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. It's uh, a long con, man. Moving on. They kind of have their little sad moment there. And then Rachel's like, do you want to go uh, like look at my dying sister, I guess? Oh, well, you, you skip a, a very important part of that sad moment. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Rachel, Rachel says, hey, Olivia has a living will. She doesn't want to be on life support, so they're pulling the plug in the morning. Yep. And then also yep, yep, yep. her afterwards saying, you know, she liked you. And you're, and you're left at that point going, all right, is that as a friend or as more than a friend? <laughs> and Peter goes in and whispers to Olivia, did you like me or did you like I like me? Like Exactly. I'm just going to leave a post-it note here and a pen, and you can just check whichever box fits. Do you like me? (laughs) Yes, absolutely, definitely. (laughs) But so he goes in, and I wrote down, like, Peter's going to pull a sleeping beauty here, as he basically leans in, and then she wakes up and starts speaking Latin or Greek or something. We think it's Latin. Everyone thinks it's Latin. And I wrote down... Unless you're you're a language study, then yeah, it's Greek. I wrote down here, waking up and randomly speaking Latin must be the ghost network. <laughs> David's like, finally, they're bringing it back. <laughs> Excellent. I love the ghost network. I'm so Despite excited. Despite repeatedly Nick and I through season one going, it's a shame they never brought back the ghost network. Ghost network. I don't also, that you. would have been the most galaxy brain called by us ever, eh, Charlie? That would have been insane if we <laughs> pulled them off the trail that much. Yeah, and we just constantly been like, oh man, it's such a shame. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most plot important range element in the world. It really could season, have been. If we hit season five and all of a sudden, goddamn, every episode is yeah. just the ghost network. <laughs> so yeah, she wakes up, recites something in Greek, and then screams. Yep. And is fully awake. Um, and sadly, this isn't our cold open because we didn't get the no. woman scream cold open. We just got we the woman getting commercial. Th- <laughs> yes, yeah. that is a hard cut to commercial. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, this is also hey Anna Torv gets to act her ass off because um, she's like I need to talk to Peter and she's freaking out and everyone's like you were in a car crash what do you remember and she's like I don't know what the fuck's going on I need to talk to Peter and when she's talking to Peter she's like super rambly. Like, she almost seems Walter-like, where yep. she's like, there's there's something I have to remember, but I don't remember it, and there's something I have to do, there's someone I have to save. Like, she's very rambly, and she's like, I don't know what's going on, I don't know, and, and all she's that. also mentioning how she's not safe, and someone's after her, and she really needs her gun. Like, yeah. she just keeps asking for her gun. And I think, rights, is, I think this is... I think this is... 
like the first time we see Olivia like genuinely scared. Yes. Yeah. I think this is the most vulnerable she is on screen up to she this point. She's genuinely scared and out of her element, which is a huge departure for everything we've seen. Yeah. So we know this is like serious business. Do you, do you think that they got John Noble to like give like some like lessons on the whole like vulnerable thing because of like how fucking much of it he did in season one? <laughs> no, I'm sure Anna Torv knows how to act properly. Oh yeah, no, yeah. for sure. But also, goddamn John Noble. <laughs> Yes. Also, there are episodes down the line that really show off how much Anna Torv can act. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, there's there's some good ones. Um, oh, I can't wait for them. <laughs> anyways, we then cut back to uh, Peter uh, walking into the FBI building um, and being like, alright, I need to talk to uh, either Broyles or uh, Charlie at this point. Uh, and the and- person's like, nope. <laughs> she's like i don't know who you are and then scans his credentials and goes these are out of date and immediately shreds them which is amazing <laughs> i just love the idea of oh yeah not only do i have a shredder down here but the, like there's no questions asked it's just nope you don't get this anymore i mean you kind of have to with fbi credentials i guess yeah like yes. as soon as the computer's like these aren't valid they go by yes but my question is peter worked in that office seemingly every day for probably close to a year well, no, he didn't work in that office was the thing. He no. was with his dad in the lab a lot. Yes, but, but he, he also in... did go to the FBI office all the yeah, time. That's fair. And he, he would have been seen with Broyles. He would have been seen with Charlie. He would have been seen with Olivia. How does no one in that building recognize him? Because she's like, I, you're, you're a consultant for us? Like, what do you do? Who are you? And all these guys are like, okay, buddy, time to go. And I'm like, they would know him. Well, so are we back in Boston at this point? Yes. At the Federal Building in Boston. This is at the yeah. Federal Building in Boston? Okay. Because I was yes. going to say, if this happens to still be the New York Federal Building, because she was in New that York, explains then so that would explain Well, that's a why, lot. yeah, because eventually uh, Agent Jessup comes and essentially says, oh, I'll, I'll take care of him. And Peter smugly walks away and is like, oh, what are you doing here in Boston? Fair. So we are yeah. in Boston. Yeah, no, we're he in does Boston. Ask her. That, was, that was just the best I had as a reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, end of that scene, um, Agent Jessup it basically is like, "All right, I'll take I'll take this this rowdy man away, who's <laughs> you know screaming nonsense." Uh, and instead, is like, "All right, Peter, what the fuck is going on?" Uh, yeah, she like grills him about Fringe Division, and uh, Peter kind of just goes eh, eh, <laughs> about the whole situation. Yes, you know, stuff and things, things and stuff. And they start going to eventually just uh, investigate the situation, right? Yes. Because Peter has a lead at this point, or someone has a lead at this point? She pulls the files from the car crash, and she got Mm -hmm. camera shots of the car that hit Olivia's car. So the shapeshifter before he turned into the guy he currently is. And she goes, well, hey, he lives at this address in Boston. We're going there now. And that's when they show up. And they find the dude is dead, obviously, and has been dead for a while. In the similar pose that the shapeshifter had the guy in the apartment laying in. Um, Mm -hmm. And Peter's like, hey, I need you to drive someone else out here. And then we get Walter going, hey, feel his anus. It's soaking wet. And the other FBI officer's going, what the fuck is happening right now? (laughs) Why why did we bring this guy in? (laughs) Who does this? Yeah. And they're like, he's been dead for days. There's no way he was 
driving a car in Boston this morning. Like at he's been point, dead for more than a day. At which point, if Charlie Francis was around, we would have immediately went to twins. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, which I mean is sort of the solution <laughs> to what happened. Yeah. But it's great because Walter's like, I need this lab back in back to I need this body back to my lab. And the one FBI guy is like, yo, crazy old man, this is going to the morgue. And Jessup's like, <laughs> no, nah, give it to just take it wherever he wants. And she goes, is he crazy, though? And Peter's like, oh, yes, he is. Super crazy. <laughs> what What are you doing listening to him? Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, then, where do we go from there? Um, oh, we, we go cut, to yeah, we, we get our first shapeshifter. Uh, yeah, we get our yeah, first uh, shapeshifter scene here. Well, first, like you know, backstory of shapeshifters almost. <laughs> yeah, some troubling information is presented in this scene as he goes to this little like typewriter store, presumably in Boston. It would have to be in Boston. Yeah, yeah. And he asks for a model of a IBM Selectric. And that doesn't exist, apparently. The and the guy's like, hey, uh, yeah, that model doesn't exist. They jumped. And the shapeshifter's like, no, but I'm going to need that model. Which, and the guy kind of goes, oh, okay. Which is such a call. Can you imagine walking into a store and, like, you know, for example, like, trying to buy, like, a CPU. And you're like, hi, I'm going to need the, like, i7-6730K. Um, they're like, no, those don't exist. And he's like, no, I need that one. <laughs> And it's just you wrote the number down and they're like, okay, and suddenly you're talking to another universe. <laughs> suddenly you get given a key and told to go to a door in the back of the store. Like, like, oh, is that it. where you keep these? <laughs> um, and the there's interesting dialogue with the, the shop owner because he's like, oh, you're one of them. Well, I'm not going to wait around, you know. I haven't seen or I, he's like, I haven't heard from you guys in six years. Yep. Which means six years ago. They they set this up. Yep. At, at so, least six years ago. The last time that shapeshifters came to this location was six years ago. Yeah. I can only assume they have multiple of these like cold drop locations, right? Maybe. Uh, Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Um, and he goes to the back room and there's a typewriter on a desk with a mirror. And he starts typing. He's like, hey, mission successful. Killed target. Meeting prevented. And then he looks in the mirror. And it's always such a cool effect. Because they kind of run, they run the typing sound backwards, and you oh, only so see good. the keys move in the reflection, but it's still typing here, and it's supposed to be someone in a the parallel universe is sitting at the same typewriter, typing the messages back on the same sheet of paper. I love this effect. It's so good. Uh, and it's such a like, cool, like, just communication idea between yeah. the parallel dimensions. Yes. Um, and... They're basically like, hey, no, bud, you fucked up. She's still alive. Meeting. They're like, um, they're like, meeting occurred. Uh, target's still alive. Interrogate target, then kill her. Mission failed. Like, we'll get him next time, boys. <laughs> I'm like, why would you be like, interrogate target, then terminate target? The then kill her seems super unprofessional. Seems very personal for some reason. Yeah. All of a sudden. Yeah. So, so we get a very ominous like eye narrowing of the dude yeah kind of being like fuck i thought i killed her yeah and it's we we can glean from this they wanted to prevent olivia from meeting william bell yep so 
we don't know who these shapeshifters, like what side they're on. Like we know they're from the parallel universe, but we don't know anything about them other than that. But we can also gleam from this that the end of the last episode did occur. That Olivia did end up meeting Belle. That was they had a discussion. That was not, in fact, a fever dream. Uh, So that that did actually happen. Unlike (laughs) season five, that was not a fever dream. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we'll get to that in a year. (laughs) (laughs) Slightly more, even. Anyways, um, we, we get our first sort of um, shapeshifter scene, and oh boy, yay shapeshifters, uh, <laughs> and cut back to the lab, um, where uh, Peter is finally bringing in Agent Jessup uh, to see the lab for um, you know the first time, and basically gives the, the great warning of, hey, um, you can still turn around, but last chance. <laughs> yeah, and this is this all seems to be setting up Jessup as being like a recurring character. This is her yeah. introduction into the fringe world. This yeah. is also a nice introduction to any new time viewers who are maybe starting with season yeah. two yeah. as well, just to give a brief introduction to fringe and sort of what the lab environment's like. Also, yeah. fucking Charlie never got anything like this. Uh, like the no, yeah. Charlie just shows up Charlie later on in the episode, yeah. <laughs> which I guess kind of makes sense for what happens to him, but we'll get to that. But Charlie's, like, never keyed into the fringe, into everything with the fringe universe, really. Oh, you mean he never gets, like, a... I mean, by the end of the last season, they were talking to him about the multiple universe situation. Yeah, right? but there's like, never any time where they're like, by the way, Charlie, here, read these files. Charlie's just kind of like, I don't know what you I guys assume, do, I want to help. <laughs> I assume he had, like, a briefing off-camera at one point, because he was very, like, He was world's number two, so I assume... I hope so. I just feel I just feel bad because it's like, oh man, the, the new person comes in and all of a sudden, yeah, you know, Charlie uh, was just treated like shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, we do. Speaking of Charlie, um, they do like a brief intro for Agent Jessup in the lab. Astrid got a haircut, like everyone yep. else. Peter yep. specifically points that one out. Yes, that um, is great. Because um, like, the rest we, of the thing get away with, but not this yeah. one. <laughs> and we cut back to the hospital quickly, and it's Charlie talking to Olivia. And it's a really nice scene. I really like this scene. Yeah. No, where... uh, don't we get the autopsy first? No. Well, we got the start of, like... Um... The yeah. autopsy results and the watching the footage? Of no, the not drug yet. Doctor? No, that happens after. No, that's later? Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. it's Charlie, Olivia's being like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Like, it's okay. I'm not shaken up or tra- traumatized by this event at all. Mm-hmm. And... Charlie's basically like bullshit and tells a story about how um, he and his partner when he was on um, I forget what police force he said he was on Uh, Brooklyn PD yeah Uh, they responded to a domestic assault and the woman who was abused ended up shooting his partner and he's like I told everyone was I was fine but I slept with a gun under my pillow and it's kind of like you say you're okay but I know you're not okay and I can relate and like I'm your friend, you can talk to me. It's okay to not be okay. And I really liked that scene. Mm-hmm. And it was good. And the guy who plays Charlie can act. And that was oh, the yeah. scene of acting. It was all great. over the screen. Um, yes. No. It's a. It's a really. It's a really. It's a really good scene. And it's. It's a really nice way of Charlie basically bringing back in. Hey, uh, not only am I here, but also I can actually like be a supportive person. Uh, yeah, because Charlie's kind of like the normal guy in all of this. Yeah, it's 
it's like Peter's fully in the weird, Walter's fully in the weird. If Olivia ever needs to talk to someone who can be like, yeah, no, this shit's crazy. It's it's kind of like she can go to Charlie. But also, mm-hmm. oh no, we got a touching story from Charlie. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not a good look. It's not a good look from the fringe universe. Uh Touching stories but, are never good. <laughs> but then we go back to the lab where they're doing the examination of uh, the first shapeshifter forms corpse, the guy they found. Um, yeah. Yep. They just and... found him and they're like, hey, there's fucking holes in the roof of his mouth. Why did someone try and shove a three-prong outlet into this guy's mouth? <laughs> yeah. And Walter's and like, then... oh, it did the unthinkable. It made me remember something. And you're like, ah, shit. That's really never hoping, a good thing. I was really never hoping Walter was going to be like, ah, they were, trying to do, they were trying to produce energy from humans like I did back in the 60s. <laughs> As I recall, two siblings took that idea and made a stellar movie about it. <laughs> <laughs> there were the Wakakas or something. <laughs> oh, no. Anyways, uh, Walter that goes, yeah, so he finds this to, like a VCR recording and he starts playing it and he's like, yeah, so uh, we made this amazing concoction of drugs and uh, we were trying to awaken sort of the chakras in this woman in order for her to uh, see God. But instead she just, she just peaked a parallel universe. Yeah, it is just a like like a old grained uh, video of this woman who's obviously drugged out of her mind, talking about these people coming from a different dimension, uh, with holes in their mouth and how they can look like anyone and they're like shapeshifters. Yeah, which definitely you didn't got, piss you off, David. You got upset. Just call like, them shapeshifters. She said they're like shape. What? Just they're shapeshifters. She's also stoned out of her mind. Cut her some slack. No, absolutely not. Dude, you said clarity of language, and you were drunk. (laughs) Yeah. There. So I don't know if you guys ever read The Giver. Oh yeah, no, Uh, I remember The Giver. But so they're like it's a dystopian novel, and they're supposed to live in this terrible. They live in this terrible sort of like super author. Uh, author- authoritarian uh, control where they have these easy for you to say very <laughs> very specific rules that they have to follow but I will say one of the rules I would love if we had just regularly which is clarity of language because so many times the main character will try to say something and they won't get the like thought across and their parents will just go clarity of language and he'll have to repeat himself to be clearer. <laughs> and like man i wish that existed in real life i could just say that to people i mean that's that's the email speak of i'm sorry i don't quite understand could you perhaps rephrase this <laughs> Yeah, but David, just, said just, full on, just like I didn't understand what you said. Could you explain better? <laughs> yeah, please? or in casual conversation, huh? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Excuse? Uh, anyways, we we then hear that Walter's known about shapeshifters for fucking ever. Um, or Evidently. at least has, has made someone super stoned enough to believe in shapeshifters um, forever ago. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and my note we, is Walter gave a chick drugs in the 70s so she could give exposition now. <laughs> Which is uh, all that scene is. It's, it really it's is, just, sadly. It's just, hey, exposition, we need some way for the main characters to know that there's shapeshifters out there. 
Like, yeah. Fuck. Um, we then we then move um, to uh, Washington uh, at this point, where Broyles' <laughs> favorite scene. <laughs> well, no. Oh first we get, my god! First we get Broyles trying to big dick the Senate Oversight Committee. Um, Unsuccessfully yes. this time. Well, because they're like Agent Broyles. He's like, "Excuse you, that's Colonel or Special Agent, if you prefer." Yeah, it's <laughs> great. Well, this is the second X Files reference, because um, they go, "Hey." Fringe Division and the X designation have been a huge financial drain. And that's why the show is called X-Files, is it's like some FBI cases get an X designation. And they end up in the basement, and those are the weird cases. And that's the whole premise for X-Files, is them investigating these X cases. And I was like, why are there two references to X-Files? Because they wanted to bring, they wanted to be like, hey, thank you, X-Files, for giving us, I guess, roots. I know, but you do that in episode one. Yeah, this is episode one. This is episode one. No, sorry. You do episode one, season one. You get all your, like, homage references, I guess, out at the beginning. It just seems weird. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't notice them that much, so. Also, um, David was right, Nick. The line is, the old X designation and your fringe investigations have been indulgences in the federal budget for over half a century. Not a Wait, yeah, it was a century. Oh, okay. That's has, why it was like century. It's, it's, what the fuck? It's, it's fifty years. Which okay, that makes more sense with the with the X Files thing as well. Which also makes sense because they uh, mentioned that they've been tracking the Observer for like that long, right? Yeah, as well, way back when when they do the Observer episode. Yeah. Well. Anyways, then we get David's favorite scene of the episode. <gasps> yeah, I Broyles fucking called de- it, guys. I called it. I'm amazing. Broyles is all dejected and goes down the steps of the Senate House, where he's greeted by Nina Sharp, who's like, oh, judging by your demeanor, this didn't go well. I don't have to explain to you that Fringe Division needs to remain funded, but unfortunately, even corporate lobbying isn't going to stand in the way of the Senate shutting you down. Which I don't understand, because surely Massive Dynamic could step in and be like, hey, we'll fund Fringe Division. But I thought this was going was, I thought it was going to be like, oh, Fringe Division is going private now under the arm of Massive Dynamic or something. That would have been a a cool way to go about, because then you have like unlimited tech options. But then it turns into a weird, like... Then it becomes a different show. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I, that's where I thought it was going, at least. And then, sort of, they're staring at each other. And I think, it, literally, I was like, man, they gotta stop iPhone. Fi- and then they kissed. <laughs> <laughs> they leaned in for a kiss as I was midway through my joke. And I went, oh my god! <laughs> I was it's freaking out. Three minutes of David going, I called it. I called it. Called they're it. fucking. I called it. I do really like as well um, the uh, like fringe like the like wiki site that I'm on right now. The little reference that they have to that is they say Nina gives him a fairly romantic kiss, <laughs> which is which is great to attend to other business. <laughs> my my note here is just oh my god I was right exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point. Uh, and then I took like no notes for the rest of the episode because I was writing a high <laughs> for uh, the next my, like twenty minutes. <laughs> my line was Broyles exists only to big dick these scenes. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> like even oh. in the Senate hearing, he's like he's like, Oh, I've defended this country across nine wars and five administrations. 
He's like, yeah. sometimes the enemy is known, but I've come to realize sometimes the enemy isn't known. You should thank God that you have people like us. And I'm like, holy shit. Broyles is, this is just the Big Dick, Big Dicking Broyles episode. It's great. Uh, Pretty Broyles much, going yeah. off on these guys, and they're still like, nah, get the fuck out of here. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then um, we go to, they go to, Peter and Jessup go to a morgue to go look at another victim, which is the guy we see killed in the intro mm -hmm. um because i guess astrid put out uh a, just a, a search to see if any other uh autopsy reports have the prongs in the top of the mouth so they go look and they're only there for like three seconds they're there for not very long for you know having to go to new york to get to do yeah. this <laughs> they well no they're still in boston which is weird because this this should have been in New York. Um, this other victim because the guy walked away from the car accident and then went and killed some guy. Um, so this should be in New York. Um, this is once again one of the weird times where fringe like Boston and New York are essentially the same place to the fringe universe a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I'm I'm genuinely actually kind of confused about what city we're in at the beginning. If it's it Boston should. Or... It should so be the New car York. accident should be New York because that's where she was meeting. Which means um, that this, which about. means that this guy should also be in New York. Yeah, uh, yeah, they should be in Manhattan. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. I guess they're in Manhattan then. Yeah, they're there for again. They're still there for like two seconds, where they go mm -hmm. in and Jessup's like, "Hey, you know, my dad was a soldier, and they only have one goal." And Peter's like, "Stay on mission." And oh, like, oh man, shit. he's he's gonna go after Olivia, and I'm like, yeah, no I, shit. I, I don't know how, or it was also, there was another clue before where the, the skid marks on the road showed that the car that hit Olivia's sped up and didn't try to slow down. Yep. Um, and then we go to the hospital where a nurse is like having a smoke break outside and then turns around and the shapeshifter's behind her and she goes, oh, you, you scared me to death. And we all went, yeah, not quite. <laughs> Soon though. Soon, he's, he's about to kill you to death <laughs> and because the director respects the audience intelligence because a lesser show would have shown the, like, the transformation again yeah. the death and the whole yeah. like rigmarole they just they just cut from him like staring at her like i'm about to kill you to the nurse closing the door to olivia's room also, mm -hmm. because we've already learned from this guy that his neck snaps are not on par with David Robert Jones. I'm just going to say. Well, he doesn't do I... neck snaps. But We don't know how he murders. Yeah. This is fair. Yeah. He just gets the job done. I will say yeah. I, I'm i shocked by how he managed to change height as well from the machine. Because <laughs> when he's looming over the nurse, like he's significantly taller than oh, she yeah, is. Oh, yeah. Well, that wasn't your initial reaction. Well, no, I'm also surprised he managed to change sex. <laughs> I think my exact comment was the other dimension must have great top surgery. <laughs> yes. But yeah, he's the nurse now and um, super friendly nurse trying to get Olivia to remember specific details about what happened. And it's, I don't know if it's good acting or bad acting, but Olivia's like, I, I was supposed to meet someone, but I like I can't remember and like she gets a little bit more out where it's like oh something's hidden I have to find something's hidden and the nurses the shapeshifter nurse is like where is it hidden and then Olivia's like I don't know and she almost seems kind of sad because she's like oh 
you that's really all you remember and like almost on the edge of tears it, it but then still tries to kill her yep well it's like well was, i guess she didn't i guess she didn't recognize enough of you know whatever that meeting was supposed to be i'm assuming they want to know what was said in the meeting uh, well they want to know what the hidden where the hidden thing is i assume yes. they know what what is being hidden but yes. they don't know where it is mm-hmm. um yeah it's Again, I don't know if it's like she's supposed to be upset that she has to kill Olivia or what, but maybe it'll come back. I genuinely don't remember if it comes back later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Charlie and Peter and Jessup all burst into the hospital being like, Charlie's like, oh, the floor is locked down. The only one allowed in is the nurse. And then the nurse is strangling Olivia. Yep. And yep. Charlie puts two into her back as she jumps out of like a three-story window doesn't even need a superhero landing. Just nope. like knees don't flex, takes it all in the shin bone. Yeah. And just does not flinch. Like the, the important thing to recognize is what we've learned is that their bones are very malleable with the face thing. So it's probably like, oh no, my bones, they're 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 broken. Oh wait, <laughs> let me just reform them on the go. Or they're just made of rubber or some shit. <laughs> they are all stretch armstrong. <laughs> truly monstrous the other dimension is invading with stretch armstrong people <laughs> and then there they, she runs into the basement and they're all kind of sneaking around in the dark basement and like charlie's walking around and then it just pans up to the ceiling and she like almost out of the scene out of alien the first alien she kind of just lowers herself from the ceiling <laughs> like a freaking the horror movie monster and i'm like did they have that actress on wires or is she actually just that fucking strong that she can lower herself from a pipe while keeping the rest of her body horizontal because that's an insane amount of core strength listen it was very cool after watching the season one like special features um i like have absolutely no idea which way they went with it (laughs) because it could be anything it could legitimately be anything with the amount of like did they actually create shapeshifters (laughs) <laughs> wouldn't put it past fringe i guess did they spend eight million dollars on this episode creating an army of shapeshifters incredible no but um, the, that one scene where she jumps out the window nah they made someone do that yeah yeah um but yeah she drops down and like the rest of it the her descending is quiet and then she drops her like four inches up and her shoes make it like a solid like cut on the ground and i'm like well that's not very stealthy and it's not because charlie immediately turns around and shoots her just two shots immediately (laughs) like snapshots just twists around so quickly it was a very cool moment for charlie and then peter and jessup show up and the nurse is on the ground dead and the shape changing device is right next to her um and that's the end of the conflict in the episode yeah, um, no, end of combat. Well done. Yeah. Well done, team. You all survived. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. Then Peter's talking to Olivia. And Olivia. Oh, we forgot when the nurse is jumping out of the window. Olivia turns to them and goes, Get that bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is such, such an funny. out of place line. So good. <laughs> Olivia's fucking bloodthirsty. Yeah. Olivia's pissed. Someone um, just trying to strangle her. But then. Peter goes to check up on her and she's like, who was she? And Peter's like, Walter seems to think she's a shape-changing, sho- shape-changing soldier. 
from a parallel universe. Kind of strange I can say that without either of us thinking I'm crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's oh, how far you've come, Peter. Your character development truly begins the season. <laughs> Basically. Um, and he's like, hey, do you remember? He recites the, the quote back, I assume in half-decent Greek. And he's yes. like... He's like, you said this, do you remember? And Olivia's like, Latin? He's like, nah, it's Greek. So even we weren't wrong to think it was Latin. Yes. Um, And he's like, that is the same quote my mother used to say to me before she put me to bed. And David, what was your call? That that is a terrible thing to say to a child. No, (laughs) no, before that. What's your your other call now? Was the ghost network? Wait, I'm confused. No, no, no. Your call is that Olivia is somehow Peter's mom. Oh, yes, that one. Yes, my call that Olivia is Peter's mom. (laughs) She obviously gets stuck back in time at some point, doesn't realize it's Walter till it's too late, and just goes and just rolls with it. (laughs) Oh, God. That's why we never see peter's mom's face because it would obviously be an aged anna torv exactly because if you remember back to the season one finale there's a picture of walter and young peter and the mom and the mom's face is still covered in dust so it holds up they don't yeah of course so far there are no so far there's nothing against that claim yeah the quote translates to be a better man than your father which david's like that's a trash thing to say to a child it is every night when he goes to bed, just be a better man than your father who left so, us. So but also shitty. from from Peter's perspective, and probably from the mom's perspective, Walter is a very great man. Like he's a genius. He's doing all this work and all this no, stuff. No, they're not. Because remember, Peter originally thought that he worked for a toothpaste company. Yes. At the time, Peter Peter was basically like Peter oh, had man, no idea who Walter around. was doing. Yeah, my dad's never around. He works for some shitty toothpaste company making toothpaste. <laughs> yeah. He's this weird shitty he, They toothpaste. don't know he's a great man. Yeah. I I legitimately forgot about that plot point that <laughs> they, they that was know. This is yeah, but from his perspective, his dad left his mom, got stuck in an insane asylum for some reason, and every night his mom goes to him, tucking him into night and says, "Be a better man than your father in Greek." Well, no, yeah, to be fair, yeah, what they say is Peter says, yeah, no, this, this, she didn't start saying that until after he left. Which, exactly. Ooh. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. This is okay. fucked up. That's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's, it's very <laughs> fucked up. Um, and also kind of contradicts a lot of the, like, hey, you remember what we got from, like, that last, like, cute scene uh, in season one of Peter being like, yeah, no, I remember when we went up to the uh, lake house. And I'd wake up and dad would be making pancakes. Um, well, I assume that was before he got taken away. Because I, what I assume is uh, Walter got taken away when Peter was probably around like 12 or 14-ish age. Yeah. Because I don't think they ever specify exactly what time range it was. But Peter has memories of him growing up as a child. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that they were there. But that he did get taken away eventually. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yes. Um, and then Olivia's like, ah, I guess nothing is too strange for us anymore. Just kind of taking this entire thing in stride. Um, <laughs> Peter then meets with Broyles and is like, hey, they want usable results. This can make them an army of shapeshifters if we fix it, but they have to fund us first. Peter basically this... tries to pull in his big dicking side of things. Uh... Yeah. 
rather successfully, if I do say so. Yeah. And Bros is like, you surprised me, Mr. Bishop. And Peter's like, thank you. And it's, this is, like, I, I genuinely mean it. This is where Peter's character development takes off. Yes. Good old um, season two. And then, I, I really don't know if this comes back. I can't remember. Um, Jessup is looking through fringe cases again. And, like, uh, Sanic the Hedgehog is on her screen. Um, and she's <laughs> she's going through, like, all the early fringe cases and is relating them to chapters and verses in Revelations. Yep. I like, this is the weirdest angle for fringe to take. Even just from a writing perspective. To, like, I, I don't know if they're trying to drop hints or anything. Well, so we already know, like, Walter is big, like, Walter is, seems to be, like, fearful of God. And, like, we, we do know at least some of the whole, like, you know, Walter yeah. being religious. And this might just be another person being like, yeah, no, this makes sense. Um, also, I'd like to point out that in that scene, I'm pretty sure if you look, like, there's, like, lights that are happening in that scene. Mm-hmm. And if you actually look in the lights, it looks like they're, like, microscope. Like, you can see, like, little, like, dots in there that look like amoeba under a microscope. Like, it oh. doesn't look like traditional, like, lighting. That's that cool. Um, mm-hmm. If you, Charlie, if you want to move to that and take a look and see what I mean. Otherwise, I can. Okay. Yeah. But uh, after that, we get the saddest scene of this episode. Uh. Which I also called. Thank you very much at the moment. Um, <laughs> because yeah. uh, we yeah. get uh, Charlie back down into the basement of that uh, hospital by the giant incinerator that was very <laughs> ominously placed and he's burning some things and then he then we see oh look another charlie's body i didn't realize he was a twin yep well <laughs> didn't you know charlie was always a twin <laughs> he'd forgotten about it yeah yep. but no no tr- that that's a shapeshifter that's a shapeshifter the shapeshifter one yeah <laughs> Well, we saw the shapeshifter absorb bullets. Yeah, um, took two earlier. shots in the back and chopped out of a window. It's wishful yeah. thinking to think two more shots. Yeah. yeah. Um, my girlfriend, when we we just finished season one because we marathoned all of these a couple months ago now, and when we finished season one, before we started season two, I was like, "How do you like the show so far?" Because I try to like push shows I like on her. Just because I'm like, you might enjoy this. It's a sci-fi. You like this kind of stuff. And she was like, I really like it. Charlie. I really like Charlie. He's my favorite. I was like, of course I am. But what do you think about that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ooh, piece of shit. And she's like, she's like, I want Charlie to have a bigger role in season two. I'm like, he does. He does have a bigger role in season two. He does. And this happened and she was furious. She yeah. was so angry, and I laughed so hard. She's like, it's, what? I mean, killed him? Technically, you weren't lying. Nope. <laughs> yeah. And now we get Charlie to see... Charlie gets more screen time. <laughs> and now we get to see if if the shapeshifter is better at playing a different character than my character in D&D is. Uh, the yeah. shapeshifter did lose their um, device to shapeshift, so they are kind of locked into uh, Charlie, as far or, as we know right or now. Or did and they Peter... have a galaxy brain play of having a broken one on them at all times? Maybe. Peter does, <laughs> Peter does say that it's broken as well. Yes, exactly. But yeah, that's uh, season two, episode one of Fringe. Uh, our normal episode cleanup: the Observer crosses 
the street in front of the crashed vehicles, I guess, at the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. And the cipher or the glyph for this episode is tower. Ah. Which I would assume is referencing the World Trade Center. Probably. All right. All right, Nick, make make me angry. Oh, this was so bad. Here's the best thing. Um, I've I've switched my my fringe wiki site um shout outs to fringepedia um which is now down but hey the wayback machine's got my back for this um uh, <laughs> i found out i found out the number next you're reviewing a show on a podcast 10 years after the show aired yep. but, all uh, the sites hey, are uh, dead shout outs, shout outs to fringepedia because they have uh the they have the next episode clues for i think the entire uh series not just episode not just season one like the fringe wiki did uh so i'll get to continue doing these all right david ready for uh for this episode's uh <laughs> yeah sure okay <laughs> throw it at me it's so all right stupid it's really bad it's so bad all right so if you if you remember back to the last uh <laughs> the last episode i know it was a long time ago remember when they were doing a, a briefing in the fbi office vaguely so there was there was a tv screen in the background uh-huh. okay now, what do you think was on that TV screen? Uh, shapeshifter. Close. Close. Um, th- th- you know, at the end of the day, they were trying to reference shapeshifters with this. Um, what was what actually was on there uh, was a pirate flag uh, with the skull and crossbones on there. Um, now, what that's supposed to be in reference to uh, is a clue to the, to the way that the shapeshifters are able to change um, because they're able to remodel, remodel their skull and their bones. Guys, we got to stop the podcast. <laughs> I, we should just start doing that D&D podcast that we wanted to do. Just from now on next week, I hope you all look forward to the adventures of Phoenix Fire Financial. Just, yeah, so no. The response to that is, oof, ouch, my bones. Uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done with Fringe, guys. <laughs> I was really excited after watching this episode, but now I'm done. I'm so glad that these next episode clues just piss you off so much. Ah. Uh. <sighs> This one is this one is so weak, is what I'll say. Like this one is stupidly weak. Uh, <laughs> that is some hot trash. Like this is, this is one of those clues that I don't think anyone would have like pulled and been like, yes, this is obviously the clue from the previous episode. Like this had to be like one of the producers or someone else on the show had to uh, had to be like, yeah, no, this is where we were going with it. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I have no idea how you pull this one out. <laughs> All right. Um, ratings. What do you guys think about this episode? Uh, this is a four, four and a half. Hey, man, Akiva Goldsman produced it, therefore, or directed it, therefore. It's at least four. At so, least four. I would say like 4.25, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a really good episode. Shapeshifters are super fun. It's fringy, but not in like we need to solve this it's just like hey he's a shapeshifter go uh-oh um, this is very much only... a, like hey, there's no this is this is going to be a recurring plot you didn't get him this time which is a yeah. departure from season one uh, uh the only 
thing I really don't like about this episode is Meghan Markle. I don't like her character. It did feel very random just to have her all of a sudden. Like, I don't think we needed her character-wise. Yeah. Oh, also, um, they're filming in BC now. Yep, yep, yes, they moved to Vancouver. Now. Yeah, we will. We won't steal David any more of your production notes if you have those yes. for this episode. Yes. Okay. So, okay. So, what's final ratings then? I'm a four point two five. I'll go four point two five. Like I'm around the same as you guys. I don't like going that specific with it though. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna go down a little bit and go with a four. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, fun facts. Um. I will say, so they did do the car, like, leaping out of practically, where they had Anatov's stunt double do it. They essentially attached her to what sounds like a uh, pneumatic jet, like, catapult sort of device. Jesus. That launched her through, like, breakaway glass. <laughs> and then they just had her land, and they had a mark written where she was supposed to go. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, they rehearsed it a couple of times. They gave her a helmet and like arm pads and knee pads. But then for the actual scene, she just took the helmet off and they launched her. And Anna oh Torf has God. a funny comment where she's just like, yeah, I've never felt like less impressive as an actor than seeing my stunt double get launched through a panel of a car landing on her mark and then waiting. And then the director's like, good. And then they walked over. And she's like, yeah, she's okay. And she got up and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> with no yeah. helmet just knee pads and arm pads and then i had to lie down there and open my eyes and that was the scene <laughs> and i'm like yeah fair enough you don't feel very impressive after that again <laughs> stunt people deserve their own film award categories yeah they really do <laughs> holy shit some of the stuff they do actually fuck it was it's incredibly impressive especially because in the moment it looks so good just her flying out there oh it did yeah um um i will say also this episode was submitted for a emmy uh nomination as well it did not receive any nominations <laughs> oh uh, it, so, yeah. it was a solid episode uh, it was a solid by... episode it was the opening as well but yeah, yeah. written by jj and akiva directed by akiva as well yep. so um, reason why it was such a good episode uh important to note uh hey we've changed lengths of episodes between this season and last oh season. have we yep um, are they longer or shorter they're shorter now we're down to the standard tv amount of 42 to 43 minutes instead of the 48 uh, to 50 that they were in, in the last season they did uh, move time slots as well they, they moved did. from tuesdays to thursdays and they yeah. get a lead in from bones now yep Fringe, Bones was Fringe gets them. bounced around a lot for time slots over the years. It's on it's on Fox, so any yep. good show is going to be bounced around. Like that's yeah. just what Fox does. It really is. <laughs> Which but, is a shame. Yeah, they they uh take off like six minutes, six to seven minutes off of every episode. Uh for I what also, I also wouldn't be surprised because I think for Fringe season one, one of the big points was, oh, this is such a dense show. Look, we've reduced commercial times for it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's I only ten that. minutes of commercials for for season one generally. Yeah. The, and the so other... I think Fringe got big enough. Fox was like, "Hey, how about we bump that up to eighteen minutes of commercials?" 
it's also important to realize I didn't realize they did this in season one, but when it was initially airing, uh, they gave that they would announce the length of commercial uh, of commercials until it would come I do, back. I do remember this where they would do the glyph and it's like Fringe will return in thirty seconds. Oh damn! Yeah, so I, cool. Uh, it was so fucking cool. It was a really good way because it was like at the time and even now the show holds up. It was super engaging. You were like, what the fuckery is going on? Mm-hmm. And if like a commercial hits and you're like, no, this is a horrible time. And they're like, you have a minute 30 to get your thoughts in order before the show comes back to yeah, blow I could your even mind see again. If you were watching with friends or something and they tell you like, you have a minute and that that's prime like conversation, like yeah, discussion. Conversation. Time. If you need to get up and like, go get like a snack. Yeah. Uh, that's, like, that's that book it to the bathroom and grab a drink kind mm-hmm. of time. That's I'm I'm I can understand that especially when you had shorter episodes so it's gonna be like Fringe will return in four minutes and that's way less impressive yeah uh, yeah yeah like that's so many commercials mm-hmm. uh, but yeah uh, I didn't realize that they did that for season one but that's super huh. cool and good on that them. is super cool <laughs> anyways um, I think that's everything for the episode so. That'll bring us out. Who's on outro duty? Is it me? It is you. you. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for joining us for this season opener of season two. It uh, We didn't really take a break or anything, so the demarcation <laughs> doesn't matter too much. Um, <laughs> but as always, thank you guys for listening. If you want to get into contact with us, you can email us at forsaf at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at forsaf. Uh Please feel free to leave a review or a comment or a rating on sort of your podcatching service of choice, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, our hosting home Podbean, or basically anywhere else that you found us somehow. Um, Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Outro. The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under a attribution non-commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license.